This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer! Hi, Richard. (laughs) How are you? Well, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fabulous. It's been two whole weeks, and I'm sure people are just driving around the planet going, where are those guys? And I was in the spot. Uh, I was back in Chicago, but back to Northbrook, Illinois, John Hughesville, as we like to call it, and for the reunion. That's amazing. And how was that? Well, a couple of observations. Uh, one of my friends said, I've never had such substantive conversations with people from this place before. So it's been so many years since, you know, the for the 10-year reunion, you're all trying to impress each other. The 20-year, you're looking to see who got divorced. By this point, I won't even say how many years it's been, 50, but you've lived a life. You've gone through your journey. You've had those things that have happened. You've had ups and downs. Some people wildly successful. You know, some people crashed and burned, but they're all back to share their stories. And as I'm fond of saying, what are we but other people's memories of who we are? And 50% of those memories are not even accurate. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. There's scars. Some of those scars, you know, you can really see the accuracy of the hair and, you know, whatever else it is. Anyway, but I was in this spot where I'm sitting right now, which is like, that's my one of my favorite trees. I used to sit there and play guitar when I was in high school. That's the tree I, that you were against when you were when you got slipped a roofie or you slipped yourself a roofie? Yes, that's, oh my gosh, there's a good story. Yeah, somebody, I was sitting here playing all <laughs> along the watchtower and the local hippie, this is back in the whatever it was, 70s, came by and he was like, hey, I want to learn that. So I taught him the guitar and he said, okay, I'm going to give you something. And I was like, oh, you know, you don't have to pay me anything. He gave me a pill and I was out for about eight hours. So that, I was not interested in doing okay. that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I got to say this. A uh, couple of weeks ago, you taught, you convinced me to go to this thing. I did. I you did said, did. Yeah, you you said, you know, the, the universe wants you to go. So when I got there, I was like a hawk looking for who am I here to help? Right. You know, I assumed at first it might be like my close friend, you know, we were going to hang out together. You know, maybe he just needed a break. But then every time I ran into somebody and they told me some traumatic, you know, loss, family member or whatever, I thought, maybe this is the person because then i would launch into you know what we talk about right a little bit and then i would tell them that story and and i'd look at them and say you know so maybe that's why i'm here and they would this look would come over their face of like to talk to me maybe you know and it's that idea of allowing yourself the possibility that afterlife exists and once you do that then you can stop arguing about it as people like to. As people like to. Sorry, I'm putting do not disturb on my <laughs> So uh, let's ask Luana. I would love to ask Luana, our moderator of our podcast from the flip side, who passed away in 1986. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. She's yes. making you laugh. What'd you say? It's like, well, welcome to the show since both of you knuckleheads decided to go wait. <laughs> Finally, we showed up in class. I'm sure the class has been waiting for us. She did not use the word knucklehead. That was me. Oh, you mean she said something a little naughtier? No, she just said, nice of you guys to show up. That was my, what I felt. That's funny. She said, okay, so she's already launching in to 
Um, hold on. She's already launching into you being there. There was five people that you changed the way that they five. Is that what you're saying? Five people. Was that was that the plan, Luana? You wanted me to go back to this. The part? plan was one. Five was over an overachiever. Okay. But the plan, the plan was one. Okay. It always starts off with one. That's and there's a point I'm sure that she's mentioning. Hmm. Yeah. You by you helping one person. And then they start feeling better. And I just see the electric magnetic field, like everybody that's in their energy field and everybody that they talk to, it just keeps going and going and going. So technically, by the time it gets done, it's probably, it's, I don't know, 10,000 people could possibly be involved. Somebody can write so about it. I understand. Well, it's like what we do. You know, we, you know, I get emails over on Quora. People say, you know, I listen to your podcast and you have no idea how this has helped me with my trauma, my tragedy, losing my loved one. And, right. and once you, once you can say, cause I always ask simple questions like, well, have they ever been to visit? And of course the initial reaction is like, well, they, didn't you hear what I said? You know, and I say I did, but you know, was there a dream? Was there an event? And then as they listen and think about it, they do find these events. I'll tell you, there was one, friend uh i've known him really since grade school and a very terrific athlete and we were having this conversation about game football games we played he knew the scores of every game i was startled and i asked him was there a significant event that's happened in your life you know that's caused you to sort of reflect on it yeah and, he said, and, and as he spoke tears welled up in his eyes and started falling you know i've known him for a long time and, and then he was like, I can't believe I'm weeping like this. I don't really understand it. I said, well, let's not judge it. What is it? And it was at the wedding of his daughter and how she summed up their relationship and how much of a great father he was to her and is to her. And the memory of that moment, and what, like I say, what are we but the memories of each other's lifetimes? The memory of that moment brought such emotion to him. And then he looked at me, he said, I haven't cried in five years since that happened. And he's then I, when I saw him the next night, he said, no, don't make me cry again. Don't do that. Anyways, Luana, I interrupted you. Was there anything in particular you wanted? You know, Jennifer offered very generously for us to talk to anybody back home, you know, when I got back home. I, and, you know, I wasn't quite sure whether, you know, I, let's get her on the phone. You know, but that idea, was there anybody that Luana knows that wanted to step forward and talk about the reunion or? Because she knew all those people. No, Tony Bennett is coming through. Oh, well, that's fine. You know, we talked to Tony a couple of weeks ago. He, and by the way, when I asked if he was available, he said he's busy, but he'll happy to talk to us. So we didn't ask you, Tony, what was it like? Because you had dementia. I know that you had dementia. Everybody knew that. So how much of your, what percentage of your conscious energy was still in your world while you were performing? Was it a lot, a little, or how did that work? A little. A little. At the same time, you were like uh, Anderson Cooper interviewed you for like 60. Go ahead. To like 2%. Like 2% towards the end. But 
but let me just mention this Anderson Cooper filmed you in your home and you weren't quite sure who he was or what he was doing there but when you stepped by the piano the first note you knew every word of every song that you ever sang and so what's I know it's motor memory or you know whatever that is but what's it like for you it gives you a place in time music takes you to a place in time you can remember hold on he showed me like Paris and like pictures do the same obviously because you take pictures of where you know I have pictures of my daughter and I in Paris and I'm like well hold on and those notes bring you happiness and the yes of course it's it's odd that I have dementia and don't remember my name but there's also other glimpses like he's showing me um his eyes not his eyes but anderson cooper's eyes and he's like it was a familiar play like it's a familiar place yeah when i saw his eyes i remembered but i didn't remember but it didn't matter and I'm so i ask you i'm gonna ask you a weird question tony mm -hmm. are you familiar with anderson cooper's mother oh yes and have you talked to her on the flip side Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Because I was going to invite her to come in and chat with us. She's a little nervous. She's up there. Gloria's up there. But she's Gloria's up there. Okay. Very good. Uh, I'm sorry. She's talking to she's talking to JF Kennedy right now, which is interesting. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's interesting. Of course, they they would know each other. So uh, the question about Gloria really is, I mean, Anderson's. A lot of people have tried to tell him, you know, your mother still exists and your mother's on the flip side and et cetera, et cetera. And he can't allow himself to believe that. And then also he lost his brother, you know, when he was younger. And that's something that's been like a traumatic thing for most of his life. So I just wanted to know if Gloria wanted to just say hello. He talks to, she talks to him all the time, whether he listens or not, <laughs> especially about their boys. About their boy, about her boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to you, Tony. You step forward. About Anderson, about Anderson Cooper's boys. She's showing me his two oh, little boys. boys. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, he's recreating the family that they had in a way. Beautiful. Yeah. And she says he's doing a great job, an amazing job. Do you want to say anything, Gloria, or is that just what you wanted to say? I mean, you know, who greeted you on when you crossed over? Who was there to? Her late husband? Her late husband. Okay. And was she that had, a sorry sorry? She have a couple of husbands. <laughs> she did. She did. And was that a happy was that a happy experience being greeted by someone like that? Or what was it like? It was a revolutionary experience. We had a lot of fights and it like we had a lot of fights. It feels like. And she goes, everything just dissipates all at once. Everything you could have ever thought when you see him on earth, what you would say, what you would, she goes, all of it's communicated with love. Beautifully said. Um, and your and your son who left the planet early, I mean, was it a long time before you saw him or right away? He's He was with me before I passed. Very interesting. 
he was in the room before I passed. Is there anything you might want to say to Anderson? I know this is really odd and people would probably be offended by it, but this is what we do. So is there anything you'd like to say to Anderson just to help him? Stop thinking that CNN is the only place he should work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He has so many more talents. And he's very artistic. It's very artistic. And so are you, Gloria. You painted quite a bit. He loves journalism, but now he loves being with his kids. He doesn't want to be away from his kids as much. Okay. And so he's got many other things he could do. Or that he will be doing. That he will be doing. And Tony, I didn't mean to take this mic away from you. My apologies. But what did you want to come and tell us or or con or continue talking about that continued from two weeks ago? Um, hold on. That music, as we have shown in this through this class, being up there and here, it's all a class. Wow, he's shown me how music identifies where your heart is, like the 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 way your heart feels, and your heart is what keeps the memories. So, you know, he showed me like a country song. You know, sometimes it's really sad. They usually have sad songs. I don't know. I'm not. And don't get mad. Yeah, no, that's true. Sure. Really a country fan, but um, or whatever. My okay. Right. <laughs> um, but how they can make you sad. And he just says that your heart gets affected by it, right? So your heart stores those memories, which is fascinating. Because when it when you're having like think of all the songs where you've just like, oh my gosh, we were, you know, like you, we were on the boat <laughs> with so and so and so and so and so and so and this happened. Sure. And, it's your heart that keeps those memories. That's interesting. Right? I mean, of course, people always talk about you and I left my heart in San Francisco. It was such a, you know, iconic song. And But a friend of mine told me he played with you once and you had come over to him. You sat in with him and you said anything but that song. <laughs> so. Overplay, yeah. But but still, the, I understand what you're saying. So when people he hear. Showed, you, he just showed me. Um, what's his name uptown girl like the guy that's saying uptown girl yeah, billy joel billy joel and how he was just so tired of it because of <laughs> like by the time he was on his tour the last couple of years but everybody loves the song but go ahead i this is a silly question but people might be asking it um any message for lady gaga we're co-creating right now so her higher self is hanging out with you yeah but he, she also listens to him from there Oh, from here. Does she do that in dreams or is it in prayer or how does that work for her? It's when she's on the piano. So if she's she if she, she was listening in, I'm sorry, go ahead. He puts thoughts in her head and she channels. So if she was listening in, she would know what you're talking about, wouldn't she? She would, but she doesn't necessarily. It's not always conscious that she knows where it's coming from. She's so brilliant. She, I mean, why would she think that it's coming from me? <laughs> Interesting. Really talented, beautifully talented. She said. Beautifully talented. She's like she has a beautiful soul. And you also spoke about uh, seeing people, you know, that you used to the Rat Pack. You mentioned, you know, you mentioned Rock Hudson, for example. And I know we've. We might have said hello to Rock before, but does he want to come forward and say anything? It's like, you know, it's worth asking. Yeah. 
Luana may already have him on her VIP list. So Rock, what was it like when you for you when you crossed over? A mess. <laughs> <laughs> a mess. Why, why is that? It's funny. He goes, because there were so many people that had AIDS that died before I did. Oh, it's so like a mess of so many people leaving. Yeah, it was just so many people that were there. To oh, greet oh, you mean like a whole conglomeration of people were there to greet you. And so many people have talked about your generosity of spirit. Uh, friends of yours, you know, after you passed, you know, we've, we've, we've talked to some of them. But what was your experience? So who greeted you when you crossed over? You know, I asked this question. I think it was like he's saying his late boyfriend who died from a over like from a, a suicide of some sort okay so somebody that you knew or an accidental death i'm not sure an accidental death someone you knew earlier in life was that a surprise to see them or was that something you expected to see or um it was the happiest reunion beautifully said it was the happiest reunion i missed him so much so, and let me just, if you could help people with this concept, people, you know, we associate the caterpillar and the chrysalis. We don't really think about the butterfly. We all, you know, we, we have a lot of chrysalises on stage and people get upset about the thing we leave behind, but they don't think about the butterfly, which is when you get home. And when you see the, the play that you crafted for yourself and you realize so what, what are you doing now? What's the difference between then and now? So he said he was very proud that he did eventually, whether he did it before he left, because a lot of things were, a lot, there was a lot of secrets, right? But his life impacted people later and brought people, he believes, to more compassion for others about something that was not really known at the time. Not at all. And people were startled and shocked. And it was one of those things where yeah. you realize. So, but this facade that we carry, we all carry these facades that we carry through life. Let those go. Everyone let those go. It's let those so go. Hard. It's so hard to maintain. It's like holding on to the fact, you know, kind of like being atheist, holding on so hard to the fact that you, there is no God that you, you missed the you know tree through the forest as people want to say <laughs> um just be yourself that creates health and balance and wellness by being able to be yourself i did not feel like i could be myself it wasn't allowed but why should i should have broken that i just wasn't strong enough very good and uh so and what about seeing tony because tony brought you forward what was that like and what was your relationship with tony we had a dance off <laughs> so, <laughs> um we just went back to memories tony knew everything he was a very dear friend it affected him deeply when i passed okay that must have been a fun uh, reunion yeah so let, let just to give the audience uh, those tuning in or driving in their car trying to stay on the road. So while you're home rock while you're back off stage and your friend Tony is still on stage I you know I from what we understand some portion of his higher self is always back there. But are you watching Tony perform and watching him sing and do that sort of thing or 
just what, what's your observation while you're back home looking at people still on stage? We're not looking at him. We're immersed within and like within them. He's showing me he was able like, hold on. Like he's showing me Tony Bennett playing the piano and how he just immersed his own hands into playing the piano. And he's like, and I wasn't that, you know, that wasn't a talent that I had, but that's, you know, we get immersed in it. We don't change what they do. We don't, you know, but we give them the love and support that they might need when they're on stage. And we get a little jealous that they get to have fun. <laughs> bodies. Um, we're not necessarily envious because there's a lot of pain. A lot you of know? pain and suffering that people on the planet have. Yeah. Is there any way to help them with their uh, with those feelings of pain? Because you, of course you're not feeling those that pain when you're off stage. There is. But it's going to take a long time for people to actually do it. This isn't, I don't know what it is. Hold on. We recommend people to give up everything they think they know to be true. <laughs> that helps. That will help. It will help get rid of it. They're talking about their, you know, they're talking about their, the family, you know, the family dynamics of the way that we're raised. You know, there's certain, we get stuck in a certain paradigm. It takes a long time for us to break free of what we've been, we've conditioned ourselves to believe is true. It's fine if you are able to take the great threads from each place that you've been, like, like, for instance, I was raised Mormon. Take the fact that my family was so great. Take the, like, take all the good things instead of being tortured by what you like for instance i was tortured for years not because of the mormon church but because of me not feeling like i'm a good person because i wasn't mormon you know that was my own stuff it wasn't they didn't cause that sure they're just i think hold on yeah that's what they're talking about i just gave that as an example well there's that old story of you know the mormons a great mormon until they have a cup of coffee and then it's like wait a minute they're telling me not to drink coffee why would that happen? Uh, it's a joke from my wife's family. Um, okay, thank you so much, Rock. I appreciate that. And maybe a question about your friend James Dean. Uh, without without go going into details, we've had conversations with the person who uh, is aware that they've come back, that have reincarnated as James Dean. And we've had conversations with James Dean Higher Self about that. That's how we found that out. Right. But what's your observation about that, Rock, about somebody, a friend of yours who's already returned? We all have and somebody else. We all have. They're just different versions of ourselves. That's interesting. Is there, are you planning on coming back soon, Rock, or? I'm already there. You're already here. And may so, I ask? So what I believe and what I've seen each per they get to remain who they are over there. Sure. There's a different, you know, there's a different version of themselves, of their soul that's playing out. And so there's a different version of, you know, James Dean that's already here, but James Dean is still over there. Sure. Right. Some people are lucky enough to have the memories of these people and to a point where it's uncanny and it's crazy and it's nutty. Like the person that like, yeah, our friend has that understanding here. Yeah. Um, and then 
There's people that have zero awareness, which might be better for them, especially if they died in a tragic way. Right. And then it's the longing. Also, you know, if you choose a different lifestyle. And, and they're also saying there's no hierarchy. So no, you know, nobody's impressed up there about who, the, you know, shows up. Immersed. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we're all just lights in a way. You know, I remind you of a conversation that Jennifer and I had with Nelson Mandela, who just showed up one day and and he and I asked, you know, why? And he said, because he he told us that he had come back and was living in the Amazon and I don't like a farmer or, or some kind of a worker there. But he wanted us to go and find his old friends and tell them that they must fight for the lungs of the earth. They must stop the forest from burning. And it was such a passionate plea. And of course, I was saying, I have no idea how I'm going to reach out to your old friends. You know, maybe one day they'll run into our podcast. I don't know. But it was that idea of, you know, talk to Bono, talk to these people, Gabriel. They're all they're all doing that in their own way. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, they're all working on climate change and trying to help affect that. Um, but it was interesting because it was that plea, you know, and we asked him whether or not he was aware that that and he said sometimes when he hears Mandela's voice, it reminds him of that era. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but it was just weird. Like it went really fast and then it went slow, like it went slow and then went really fast and your the voice wasn't, yeah, it was just interesting. Oh, I think, you know, it's like packets get sent across. And of course, maybe because Nelson was messing with that, like that ah, skip down, Richard, we don't want to hear your story. So <laughs> Luana, uh, thank you for bringing forward uh, Tony. Who else? Is anybody else want to talk or Tony, do you still, you still have the floor, sir, if you want to sing. Uh -oh. <laughs> he loves all of the people that have given him love he's able to feel it from every single person wow that's so interesting i'm like really you're able to feel it from he's like yes i'm able to he's like i didn't feel it from you i'm like well hold <laughs> on a second but <laughs> That's I understand. Of, so he's saying those people okay, who really love his work and are completely immersed in it, he feels that heart connection. But that's also like people don't believe, you know, they can talk to them, right? And he yeah. goes, well, I can talk to you guys, but people don't believe that we are. Oh my gosh, Wayne Dyer just showed up. Wayne Dyer. Wayne, how are you? Wayne, listen, he's sneaking in there and Tony, it's fine, Wayne. Please tell us, what do you want to say? I know that uh, Jennifer's a fan. Well, he wants to talk to me because sometimes I don't believe it. And he's popped in a couple of times recently in the last couple of days. And so. What does well, he want to say? What does Dr. Wayne want to say? He's laughing at the fact I'd go to Hawaii and I was always looking for a bald guy. I'm like, every bald guy, I'm like, oh, there's Wayne. There's Wayne Dyer when we were in Maui. <laughs> my whole family knew it. My, my husband's just like, Jen, he's like 80. Are you sure? <laughs> um, but hold on a second. And like my father, I believe when my dad is here in this class setting, I know it's my dad. And yeah. so we have to break through this class setting. It feels like something that Steve Jobs did before, where he's like, stop doubting this. There's a bigger thing with this. Hold on. He's like, Jennifer, you have been talking to me. And he goes, please, no, I don't care if you drink wine. Here's the thing. 
he was dry. Like he doesn't drink. He didn't drink yeah. for years. And so I had this thing. I'm like, you're not talking to me. I'm drinking wine. And he's so he's the wine like, and spirits group, right? Hold on. It serves a purpose. And you don't do it like you're not. I, I don't drink hardly. And I'm actually drinking so much less now than I used to. That's funny if I have to actually say that. <laughs> um, back to, you know, when COVID hit, whatever. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> Another thing, I'm like, do I have to go get my doctorate to talk to you? Like, I just, it was just because he's so one of my, I'm such a huge dorky. Yeah, you're, you have Except him on a pedestal and you need him in your heart. Jennifer just tapped her nose, meaning that's right on the money. He's like, I'm meeting you where you are. But if you keep thinking I'm not there, then I'm not, then I can't help you. Well, it's that pedestal thing. We got that from Yogananda a couple of weeks ago. You know, people put him on a pedestal and they can't really hear him because he's up there. It's like looking down, you know, and if you put that person in your heart, allow them to just be with you and enjoy your company you can ask them anything yeah well we started talking about meditation i started really getting immersed in meditation everybody's been doing it for a long time i get that i have felt like i don't need to do it because i'm basically walking you know i'm in the same awake as people are when they meditate well then i should be able to do it even better right I need to do it I, not better. There's no hierarchy. No, no, I understand. Yeah, but but yeah, but, easy. should be easy for you. But for myself, start getting myself out in that quantum field because it does change. You know, it does change your molecular biology. It does change your energy field. It's the rewires your brain. Rewires your brain. And so I got immersed in this. And so, and so he showed up and then a couple other people showed up and I just... I feel like there's a there's a tremendous amount of, you know, I've talked to a few friends of mine that are doing it more now. I think there's like a calling right now more so than ever to really get out in that quantum field, to really start paying attention to it. Not just because I, you know, you know, I know people have been meditating their whole lives. I know they've been very, people are, are really good at it. I'm just saying it's never too late for starters to do it. Absolutely. Um, never there's not a wrong way of doing it if you have to listen to somebody's voice do it that way if you you know however it is whatever you're attracted to just start because this is what i think or what i feel and what i learned and what i know and i've always felt this and you have too if we change enough people's biology maybe we would less sickness if we change enough in our own energy field if we help heal people that we had never met before but we know we're sick like they've done studies on that, that, you know, people across the world, you can do that. You can help people. And if we start thinking like that, then it could be a movement that gets even more that t- is being taken more seriously. Well, there's also this thing of uh, when people reach out to us, me and you, they reach out to you um, to talk to loved ones. They're suffering and they have a hard time when they reach out to me and Quora, it's that same thing. And I'm often even though I don't meditate on a daily basis, I recommend it because it can cure or alleviate symptoms of depression, which is Richard Davidson, University of Wisconsin. There's data and research. And then I get a lot of comments where people go, it's too hard for me to meditate. And the truth is, if you play a song, you're meditating because you're not thinking about your problem. If you're breathing and th- counting your breath, you're not, you're not thinking about your problem. And if you're dancing, 
or swimming or riding a bike and not thinking about your problems, you'll get I hit by a car. Do, I try to do all of that. That's, that's right. I get on my bike. I try to dance once a day. I try to do all of that. And the other thing is just start off something, start off small. Everyone can do this. Everyone at the end of the night, before they go to sleep, ask for your loved ones to show up. Also, start your gratitude list in your head before you go to sleep. You will have so much, such a better sleep if you do that. The second that you, and What's I- a Tell us what a gratitude list is, please. So when I lay in bed, I think about my day and I only extract the things that I loved about my day. And if there wasn't, which is very rare, but like today I was able to take my son to school. Normally that drives me crazy, but my time with him is precious. I'm never going to get it back. And I've convinced myself of that. <laughs> so um, that would be something. My talk with him this morning, that's going to be something I'm so grateful for. You know, my view at my house, being able to oversee my house, my health, the fact that my body has just been resilient so far, knock on wood, and working at it, you know, um, you know, the fact that we have a podcast that we get to see each other once a week. I love the that. fact that we know each other. How can right. we not be grateful for that? You know, that we know each other and the fact that I have a whole line of work right now that I can't, I actually have to go that. You know. Of clients. I'm so lucky that I love what I do for work. All right. You can't find that. If you don't have that, you can be grateful for your breath, your heartbeat, your things that, you know, start from there and it will start immersing in other ways. Well, that thing of love, always be grateful that someone did love you because certainly that's how you got to be on the planet. Then yeah. you might even just enjoy a slice of pizza and a cappuccino. And the last time you had some love towards some, or a pet, animals, of course, unconditional love. And if you don't have it in your life, find it by helping a pet. Find an animal because animals do love you unconditionally. And they also point out, as we've learned in the podcast, they find you. You think you found them. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for your generosity. And thank you, Tony Bennett, for coming back to finish the conversation. I was listening to us the other day, and I thought, we didn't, I didn't really ask these other questions. So I appreciate you coming back. And I didn't know Luana would bring him. Thank you, Luana. Thank you, Rock Hudson. We appreciate that. And anyone I might have forgotten. Wayne Dyer, I'm so excited. Wayne Dyer, yeah, very good. We want to hear more from you. But obviously, he just wanted to come and tell you, I'm here. All I right. know I was thinking of him. Well, so, your loved ones are never far away. They're just a phone call away. Just And we know where that location is. It's in your heart. In your heart. All right. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Bye-bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia dot com via Amazon Prime.